0: (laughs) Okay.
1: to another episode of no such thing as a fish a weekly podcast coming to you from the qi offices in covent garden my name is dan schreiber and i am sitting here with anna chesinski alex bell and james harkin and once again we have gathered round the microphones with our four favorite facts from the last seven days and in no particular order here we go starting with you chesinski
2: My fact is that the world record for the longest time spent holding one's breath is exactly the same length as this podcast episode. Wow. Wow. How on earth can we possibly know how long this episode's going (laughs) to be? My magic powers (laughs) and knowledge that you're a good editor have told me. (laughs) So tell me how long do Um, I have to edit to? uh, So you have to edit to 24 minutes and 3 seconds, if that's okay. And this is a record that was set by Alex Segura in 2016, and he's a champion in the sport of static apnea.
3: I can't Mm. believe it's a sport. It's a sport. It's amazing. It's It's, a sport. um,
2: It's the sport of lying face down in a swimming pool and holding your breath while remaining still. That feels like something I can get on board with for the Olympics. (laughs) (laughs) We should say that this record that he broke is looked down upon by some uh, static apneists, including himself, actually, because this (laughs) one involved him inhaling pure oxygen. That means you can hold your breath for much, much longer. So that doubles the volume of oxygen that you can store in your lungs. So you
1: breathe oxygen for something like 30 minutes before you go for the record attempt. So twenty four minutes. Um, that's the length of a sitcom episode. Mm-hmm. If you were watching an American sitcom uh, without adverts. Well, um, is it though? Yeah. Well, not the new Netflix style sitcoms, but if you go classic
0: Seinfeld or Friends episode. Specifically Seinfeld. Seinfeld's getting shorter. What? So the TBS have been caught uh, broadcasting episodes of Seinfeld um, in fast forward. Nine percent faster than uh, the original recording. So does he
2: sound like a chipmunk?
0: No, weirdly he doesn't because you can get away with like maybe up to about fifteen uh, yeah. percent without really noticing it. If you bu- if you put them side by side, obviously like you notice, but yeah. um,
3: who does that? Was Alvin and the Chipmunks originally like four hours long? <laughs> it <counting? Yeah, yeah. laughs> <laughs> a sort of cinema noir. <laughs> um, that is amazing. So you lose what six minutes an hour? That's
0: yeah, yeah, lot. yeah, yeah. Exactly. So you get you get an extra minute or so of adverts for each episode
2: on sitcoms. Do you know that the world's first sitcom no episodes survive of it this is just a kind of, I've only mentioned this because it's the kind of thing that makes Alex really angry um, but it was on the BBC and it was broadcast from 1946 to 47 it was called Pinwright's Progress and I was just really excited to see it because it stars someone called James Hater, who played Friar Tuck in a Robin Hood film that I swear no one else on earth has ever seen except me and I recognised him Oh, I, like, I thought oh it God. was
3: because you're a James Hater.
2: <laughs> and that subconsciously I think was the reason that I pursued this fact further there was a
3: footballer called James Hater, and my brother used to always like him because my brother's also a James James
2: Hater. <laughs> <laughs> There's We've got a big club. Um, but yeah, they've lost all the episodes. Um, um, James Hater was also, by the way, the original voice of Mr. Kipling makes exceedingly good cakes. That's very cool. Um, the thing I love about this breathing thing is um, people who do it without oxygen uh, have gone for about half as long as Alex Segura. Um, but whoever does it, if you really push yourself to the limit, when you come up, would you have thought you breathe in or out? You always breathe out. You always breathe out, right?
1: Despite why, where's... There's no oxygen. No, How because would
3: you, you do Because you've loads of carbon dioxide in your
2: ah. lungs, right? Well, so we always breathe out, right? Because when you suddenly start get, getting out of breath underwater, it's because your body has this automatic response to having too much buildup of carbon dioxide, which is an emergency response which says, get up, get up, breathe, breathe, breathe. Because if you've got too much carbon dioxide, it knows you're going to run out of oxygen. But all these champion static apneas have learned to totally override that response. So they go underwater, they hold their breaths, and the oxygen just gets absorbed and absorbed and absorbed. So by the 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 time they come up they need to breathe in straight away so that's how you spot the difference between an expert and an amateur we breathe out and they breathe in
1: i suppose the other way of spotting an amateur versus expert is the expert comes up 24 minutes later (laughs) 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 Um, i was reading that insects often hold their breath um and they do it for hours and even days at a time and the reason is is that too much air would actually kill them so they're actually (laughs) stopping air from coming in to save their lives because too much of it damages their tissues so it's simply a process of stopping So too
3: much oxygen damages them yeah Yeah. exactly they oxidize do they like rust
2: (laughs) that's why they're all a bit brown (laughs) yeah they're all rusty they're all just rusty yeah (laughs) But yeah, if you see an insect, it's most likely it's a... holding its breath. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. <laughs> um,
0: I was reading a 2016 Stanford University study about sighing, and sighing is really interesting. So like, sighing is basically just a breathing in, and then breathing in again instead of breathing out. So you're just taking in twice as much air. And the reason you do it, or one of the reasons you do it, is to inflate the alveoli m- more than it usually gets, because your alveoli are always sort of collapsing. Like, like yeah. l- The alveoli are like the granules. tiny
2: little sacs on the edge of your Sorry, lungs yeah. that absorb the oxygen into the rest of your your body aren't they
0: yeah lots of different alveoli are just collapsing on their own and so they periodically need to just be reinflated inflated with a massive amount of air in your lungs really? and that's what sighing is i
2: always yeah. thought i sighed because i was really fed up with the 29th pun in a row that james had told but it's <laughs> actually just all about my alveoli
3: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Who> <laughs> <thought>? james hater <laughs> go back to your club
0: <laughs> and, and and what's really interesting is that when they originally built iron lungs which are the coffin-like uh things that you put people in when they're having breathing difficulties and it's basically a pressure chamber that that forces people to breathe from the outside Mm. um the mechanism didn't account for sighing as in the iron lung didn't sigh it only Mm. did normal breathing in and out and people kept dying and this is when they realized this is what accounted for it because their their lungs are collapsing themselves to death no they didn't sigh themselves to death because they weren't sighing because the the iron lung was only doing normal breathing for them and it wasn't doing some sort of sigh if we didn't
2: sigh we'd die if you don't yep. decide, you die. Yep. That should be on signs everywhere.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it, is, it is a subconscious reflex, Hannah. You don't usually need to <laughs> advertise
3: have, those. They don't have signs everywhere going, don't
2: forget to breathe.
3: <laughs> Keep <laughs> blinking. knows I need these things. I
2: forget.
1: <laughs> okay, it is time for fact number two, and that
0: is Alex. My fact this week is that Nikola Tesla was one of the guests at the first ever party with a stripper jumping out of a cake. Amazing.
3: It's incredible. It's a
0: really cool party.
3: What was he doing there?
0: Um, well, he was just one of sort of several quite prominent guests. Um, this was a party uh, thrown by a guy called Stanford White, who was uh, sort of member of the New York elite um, at the end of the 19th century. Really interesting character himself, actually. Controversial um, character as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, so he threw uh, all sorts of ex- sort of exciting dinner parties and drinks parties and things like this. And this one was on um, May the 20th, 1895. Uh, and one of the of this party was um, a scantily clad girl called Susie Johnson we actually know her name um, emerging from a pie made from galvanised iron accompanied by a recitation of Sing
3: a Song of Sixpence yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> well That's... plus birds right I think birds flew out along with her didn't they really? that makes more out. sense yeah. wow the birds,
3: the birds that came out were canaries
2: uh-huh. And
3: in the movie of this, which I watched the other night for research <laughs> what, purposes... What's it called? It's called The Girl on the Velvet Swing, oh, yeah. starring Joan Collins as um, the character who is basically Susie Johnson. The guy comes in and he's like, oh, sorry, I couldn't find any blackbirds, but I've got canaries.
2: Oh, really? Uh, yeah, the girl Was it also like, I couldn't find a velvet swing, but I've got a cast iron cake?
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, so, we'll probably actually, get to this in a bit, ha- right? How did but you
0: sing it? Was it like sexy, like, singing a song of six months? Because I can't work out how you sing it. To be that. honest,
3: the bit with the pie... I kind of left the room and went to my kitchen to get a drink. And when I came back, I think I missed the pipe. <laughs> but the rest of it is all about this guy, um, Stanford White, who, like Dan's about to say, is very controversial.
1: Yeah, very controversial. Uh, the reason for the title of The Velvet Swing mm. is to do with his controversiality. Uh, he mm. used to like to sneak girls back to a house of his in Manhattan. And uh, no, no good way of saying it. Drug and rape them. That was that was his ah. very bad human. And uh, the girl on the Velvet Swing refers to a girl who he did this to
3: when she was age 16. Yes, because her husband, uh, who I think his name was Thor or yes, something like that's that. that's right. Uh, not Thor as in the Norse god, Thor as in what happens to snow when it's warm. Yes. Ah. Um, he then that's shot... I was
0: very confused in the cinema. I saw a very boring film that I was <laughs> very much looking forward to. It. The Marvel movie <laughs> where it's just snow <laughs> melting. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Um, he was at a theatre performance of um, Mademoiselle Champagne's I Could Love a Million Girls, and then Thor came over and shot Stamford White in the face.
2: Yeah, and this was about 1905, wasn't it? That's but right. this is why this whole jumping out of cake thing became well-known, because in the court case, everyone suddenly read about this amazing cake woman party, mm. and um, then I guess it became a thing. Imagine
1: but- that's the bit of your obituary that sticks out. So you've just been murdered by a millionaire <laughs> uh, in a in a public space, and then everyone's going done the world on, what what's this
0: cake bit
3: what's- <laughs> <I think> that, <laughs> that sounds pretty thinking, cool however,
0: he made history
3: in the sort of in, in the industry of raunchy parties yeah, I mean, yeah. He, he's, he, he's done the world of the first, service like, in his murder but he did the world of disservice because there were more repercussions afterwards so the whole thing was covered by a journalist called mm. Merrill Goddard and then Merrill Goddard was so good at covering this case that Randolph Hearst who was a newspaper proprietor mm. decided to take her for his newspaper she was working with Pulitzer And then Hearst and Pulitzer had a massive competition against each other for who could get the most readers for their newspaper, and that turned into sensational journalism. And that's why we have red top journalism today. Wow! It all came from there.
1: So um, your your fact says she jumped out of a cake. It was a pie.
3: Sorry. When did it become cake? It was a pie. I mean, that's (laughs) it was like was it a crusted top pie? in the movie it's like it looks like one of those you know where it's got crisscross of pastry on the top yeah. of it but that might just be for the movies <laughs>
0: <laughs> I guess I guess it makes sense that what traditionally there's like it like in banquets and stuff in sort of medieval times you've got very elaborate pies and things coming out of pies yeah. and then it becomes more of a tradition to do things at parties and at parties we now have cake so they just said well why don't we have people jumping out of cakes? it's a bit weird to have a pie at a, uh, like a birthday yeah. party mm. but I guess cakes are more practical to jump out of and to, hi- to hide in really because they can be taller
3: you could have a tall pie. Yeah, yeah I don't think so. Yeah, I think they look a a bit just weird. go up I mean, as high as you I'd want. I'd be it.
0: suspicious if I saw a really tall pie. I'd be like, "There's a person in there." Whereas you can have a big what cake you and sus- be like, have no idea. There's Hang a person on, in. hang on. You if you saw cake. a
1: giant cake come in, not, you would you would suspend suspicion that there's a human in there and think this is probably all yeah, cake because we've be, all watched Bake It could be a big cake.
2: Can I give my favourite jumping out of a pie incident? Yes, please. Um, So this was one of the earliest ones, I think. It was in 1454 and it was when things being hidden in pies was used as a rallying cry of the Christians against the Ottomans. So this was kind of during the era of the Crusades. It was King Philip who threw this really, really elaborate banquet with sort of jousting and these amazing table decorations that we've talked about before. And then he led everyone into this really long table and on the table he had this giant pie and the pie opened up mechanically to reveal 28 playing musicians. So an orchestra of 28 people who leapt out of the pie and played.
1: Do you think if you saw a cake that size, you'd think just a normal cake?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, if it had music coming out of it, I'd be like, there's something else going on. (laughs)
3: Maybe not people inside, but you know. We don't know what song they played.
2: We don't know what song they played, although we do know at that same party there was a statue of a beautiful woman who had wine springing from her breast that people could drink from.
3: Mm. Um, At this party, Stanford White's party, um, he was serving wine, um, but he had a blonde waitress who only served white wine and a brunette who only served red wine.
2: Really? Mm. That's quite nice. It's like having a lid to match the bottle kind of thing.
3: I know what you're saying, but then on the other hand, it's not very woke, is it?
2: It's slightly objectifying these women. I'll give you that. Well, as we've
3: established, this guy doesn't have the best track record with, uh,
1: with no. women. Susie Johnson, the lady who jumped out of the pie cake... We don't know what happened to her. She's another mystery in the whole story. She disappeared. People try to track her down oh, yeah. because
3: Ooh. she became, as you say, we did know they, her name. Did they just check every cake. <laughs> <laughs> She's not in this one. It's the Mr. Kipling factory, not in this one.
2: Multiple weddings ruined once again. <laughs> the cake police swoop in. <laughs>
1: Okay, it's time for fact number three, and that is my fact. My fact this week is that when in London, Queen Louise of Sweden always carried a card saying, I am the Queen of Sweden, in case she was hit by a bus. (laughs) (laughs) Cocky. (laughs) Well, she used to travel uh, around London, as it were... In disguise, She didn't go around with an entourage. She loved shopping, and so she would just go on her own. And one time she was almost hit by a bus. As a result, she decided, God, if I was hit by this bus, how would people know who I was? Why don't I carry a card inside my handbag that says, I am the Queen of Sweden? And then they'll be like... And and then the people
2: who found her Rather than going I guess we'll just leave her there We don't really care We'll go Oh hang on She's the queen We better sort out This car accident situation Also
0: it's a really weird reaction To have when you're about to be Hit by a bus The normal reaction is Wow I should be more careful Crossing the road When that inevitably happens again I better make sure I'm properly labelled Well you're the only one That I know of Who's uh, (laughs) almost been hit by a bus How did you you react? (laughs) They shouted at the bus
3: What did you shout?
0: Go back to bus school
3: (laughs) This is one of the greatest anecdotes <laughs> in QI history, isn't it? That comes up basically every joke. <laughs> go back always... to bus school. It's <laughs> the greatest line ever. Would you keep QI. that on a card in your handbag? <laughs> <laughs> you just hand out to the bus driver. <laughs>
2: Be amazing though if when whenever you call 999 if you find someone unconscious on the floor you call 999 they say okay cool so first things first have you looked through their handbag <laughs> yeah. and have you checked their business cards <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is it the queen of sweden okay <laughs>
3: <laughs> this
0: has happened before <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> she was really great though queen louise of sweden wasn't yeah, she? Yeah. Uh, in her first passport um it had a thing called special peculiarities where you put things about your face if you have a scar or whatever and she wrote walks like a parrot Really,
1: <laughs> she's um. Just to put her into a bit of context, she is the auntie of Prince Philip.
2: Yes, and oh. it was so. She was the Mountbatten family, formerly Battenbergs, wasn't she? That's right, Battenbergs who hurriedly changed their name to Mountbatten when the Germans became the bad guys. Yeah, um, yeah, and she was the great granddaughter of Queen Victoria, I think. Yes. But all all the European royal families are all just. Related to each other, aren't they? They are really. And Was
3: during World War Two, um, because all of the royal families are all related to each other, but then they were in all in countries that were all fighting against each other. She worked as a messenger, kind of giving messages between all of her family. Oh, did who she? Weren't allowed to talk to each other?
2: Not before. a spy. I suppose you
3: could call it a spy, couldn't you? I mean, it's pretty much a basically a double agent. But I think yeah. she was doing it quite
2: explicitly and not not sitting it really. on a
0: bench, yeah. handing over a message. And they're like, "I am the Queen of Sweden." What does <laughs> <laughs> this mean?
2: Oh, sorry, wrong card. <laughs> and presumably, it was more like Bobby just had a baby, rather than I think so. The Nazis are yeah. on their way across the channel. Yeah. Um, the Swedish royal family is quite interesting, though, and the modern Swedish royal family is as mm. well. So there's Carl the 16th who's king now, who I don't think we've ever said on the podcast is the tenth. King Karl of Sweden Who did they miss out? Um, they, they added lots It goes back to the 15th century when a guy called Johan Magnus wrote this sort of uh, fanciful history of all the Swedish kings and he just added a whole bunch of kings so he made up <laughs> wow. he made up six Erics and six Karls um, and they've kept that um, numerical system ever since But what, so why just were just they cars. referring
0: to this fictional account as history? Because, because it became really
2: popular it was a bit like the sagas you know? it yeah. became a thing that was always read I but think it's like we
3: have King Arthur for King instance King Arthur and yeah. so if we were to have a new King Arthur, we would probably call him Arthur II, wouldn't we? Oh, I'd love to see. Uh, and if, if um,
1: Prince Harry became king, he would be Henry the IX. He'd yes. be our first Henry since
3: the dreaded Henry Eighth. Well, eight, the eight if he one.
2: kept the name, right? Although sometimes you take on a different name when yeah, you become royal. Because Prince Charles will. Yes.
3: We think. Become Henry he won't become Charles no we were discussing this we at, were, we, were yeah. we had a party last week at my place which you were invited to but you didn't come <laughs> and it was so exciting that we started talking about the regnal numbers of the kings and queens of England <laughs> we were so sorry so it, not make going to great. <laughs> <laughs> Edward the Ninth, I think we found
2: that out, was what we? you thought that's that what the bookies reckon yeah, is it? I
3: think so
1: um, I, I should quickly add just about the, t- the main fact itself um, th- I've read this in a few places found a few sources but nothing that I would say is concrete enough that I truly I want to see the car And if anyone knows if the card exists. So, uh,
3: the source for this, the original source, was Queen Louise's niece Dollar, um, who was the Margravine of Baden. I don't know what that means. But Hmm. anyway, it was a relative who first said this. Yeah. Okay, that's a good source. Thank you. uh, Thank you all for uh, helping (laughs) me out as I've been researching this.
1: Okay, it is time for our final fact of the show
3: and that is James. Okay, my fact this week is that last year in the UK, two eight-year-olds were caught speeding. This came from a freedom of information question um, that was posed to the Driver and Vehicle Licensing Agency and they asked for all of the different statistics and they also found out that 900 people in their 90s got penalty points for speeding last year, including three people aged 99. Although I reckon. 99? That's the oldest, but it's quite a coincidence that it's 99 and not 100 and something. So I reckon anyone that's over 99, they just put 99. Maybe there's only two spaces in the um, form or
2: something. Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. yeah. I reckon. Or you just don't find someone who's 100 or more for speeding. No, you on. just ask their age and go, fair enough, mate.
1: Go on. <laughs> Unfair that you, you dock the 99 year old, though.
2: Well, you it's know. Like one you more gotta, year
1: in your, your home.
2: Yeah, you've got to hang on to your 100th birthday. That's okay. like saying unfair that you won't let the 15-year-old smoke when the 16-year-old's allowed to. I mean, you've got to draw the line somewhere, haven't you? <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. True.
1: 99, that's the line. All right. Sorry,
2: I also think the smoking age might have gone up since I was a smoker. So 16-year-olds, if it's illegal, just check. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: or, you know, whatever, don't smoke <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. well maybe Sorry. consider that. Nah.
2: <laughs> There've been quite a lot of weird speeding fines um, and driving fines this year. Mm. So um, there there have been two instances of people getting caught driving to the hospital because their wives are in labor and getting stopped for speeding. And so one was in the UK going at 101 miles an hour and then there was another guy in the US who missed the birth of his child because he was taken to a cell. Oh no. Yeah.
3: Oh, that's hard. Wow. It's really rough. Because in
2: it? the
1: movies there's no repercussions when you see them breaking all the laws to get to Yeah, the, the, the police, police officer usually
0: like on the contrary, I'll give you an escort, which has never yes. happened. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Realized,
3: yeah. that, that happened to me once in Oldham really? As in, I no. wasn't speeding but I was stuck And then the police gave me a lift to the football game Because they thought I'd missed the game And they put the siren on and They're probably not allowed to do this But they put the siren on and everyone moved out of the way And we flew through Oldham no to get way. Yeah, Just
1: to get you to the yeah. How were you
3: stuck? Uh, we got off at the wrong train station uh, what? That's, that's not nothing stuck. even went wrong. That's just bad travelling on your part. It's just awesome policing by the policeman yeah. who's
0: probably wow. since been fired. Absolutely <laughs> nothing else going on in Oldham if they're just doing that. Just being like, are "You, where are you going? Can we give you a lift? Yeah. Yeah. Sean Connery was once um, stopped for speeding by an officer named Sergeant James Bond.
2: No. Is yeah. that right? <laughs> wow. That's good. He, I really hope he did the names bond james bond
0: but i'm going to you need to see your license to kill <laughs> <laughs> and then your actual
1: license <laughs> we have in our in our book we've got a similar sort of uh, what story book's that dan uh, it's called the book of the year 2018 okay. your definitive guide to the weird world's weirdest news do you know when it comes out uh yeah october the 18th okay
3: where's yeah. it available
1: it's gonna be in bookshops it's gonna be online
3: um yeah it's, andy's not here we can say amazon Amazon! It's going to be on Amazon.
1: Yes. <laughs> this is the first I've heard of it. Remember, we found that thing of the guy who was done for drink driving, but claimed that he wasn't drink driving because he was only drinking every time he got to a traffic stop sign. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he'd stop, have a swig, and then get going again. again, again.
2: <sighs> this is. Sorry, go on.
1: No, you go. For- I was just sighing. I just want to stay alive.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, did you know the first person to pass a driving test was called Mr. Beer? No, um, I didn't know So that. in 1935, uh, he paid 37.5p. Just uh, found that out. And also found out this weird thing, that driving tests were suspended in the Second World War, which yep. makes sense. Um, they were spend- suspended again during the Suez Crisis, um, which is quite weird, and especially given that during the Suez Crisis, um, learners were allowed to drive unaccompanied. And, and I then- think,
3: I don't know about Suez Crisis, but it's definitely true of the Second World War, that if you learned to drive during the war, they just gave you a license. You didn't need to take a test at all.
2: What, just because...
3: You've been I don't through like the war. You've wall. learned how you're to trying. drive. You obviously, if you could drive enough to defeat the Nazis, yeah. then you could drive enough to go if to you the Soviet If right. you can drive a
0: tank through a minefield and not get blown up, I think
3: you can manage yeah. the M25 right. Speaking <laughs> of tanks, um, I read this yesterday. So you're allowed to drive a tank on the road in the UK, um, you need a special license. But if you could get a provisional license, which is really easy, a provisional tank license, then as long as there's someone sat next to you who can drive a tank, then you can drive a tank through the streets of the UK at any time. But you need to have learner plates on the tank. But you would be able to do that. That's you so Actually, cool. you know,
0: I knew that because the QI's production coordinator was telling me a great story about how she had to get James Blunt to drive a tank through the BBC. Um, is that, right? I mean, yeah. that was Yeah. Because wow. he was an army guy, so he knows how to drive a tank yeah
1: but where do you
2: impressed. get a tank this still feels like the main stumbling block bit, my buddy had just, a tank
1: yeah she just knew a guy okay.
2: he had a tank Who yeah. had,
3: who's your buddy Ed
1: Um, you've met Ed once we met him outside uh, Burger Shack oh yeah the Shake guy Shack. in the tank yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah his name's Ed
2: Superior
1: and he, he bought a he was tank he
0: he was trying to find to so park
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he used to have it parked outside Ash Gardner of Empiresa's house they were neighbours and outside was his tank wow. and we used to go and sit inside it he made it into this really nice um, sort of you know, where you have Netflix nights. Kind oh, of it was in a case... hipster time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh,
2: it, was it was a wank time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, that is it. That is all of our facts. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to get in contact with any of us about the things that we have said over the course of this podcast, we can be found on our Twitter accounts. I'm on at Schreiberland. James. At James Harkin. Alex. At Alex Bell. And Chazinski.
2: You can email podcast at qi.com.
1: Yep. Or you can go to our group Twitter account, which is at No Such Thing, or to our website, nosuchthingasafish.com. It's just been remade. It has everything you would need from us if you wanted anything from us. It's got links to tickets. as all of our previous episodes. It has all of our merchandise. It looks awesome. Uh, oh, I've got to speed up. Okay, that's it. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. <sighs> <laughs>